Hi, it's Tina Lundquist-Faust, co-president of Houston Petset with... And Tama Lundquist, I was going to say Lundquist-Faust, co-president of Houston Petset. And this is Conversations for the Animals. We're here today um, with Carrie and Carlos from Team Feral. Welcome. Hi, thank you. thank you for having us. Thank you for having yeah, us. We're so glad you're here. So I guess start um, by telling us what Team Feral is and what it is that you guys do. You want to take that one? Or... Well, I... Team Feral, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> we are a, uh, a cat-only rescuer. We mm -hmm. focus on cats, but our main mission is to reduce the homeless cat population in Houston. We do that through pulling from shelters, pulling from the euthanasia list. We do that through TNR, which is trap, neuter, return in the community. And we also transport animals out of Houston um, to other states that don't have the overwhelming pet population issues that we do here in Houston. Great. And how long have you been in Houston? Uh, that's an interesting question. So I joined Team Feral in 2020, but I, I started working with them when I was uh, volunteering with Best Friends in 2019. Uh, I believe they've been around a couple of years maybe mm -hmm. before that um yeah i mean it's just like with everything like you people get together they like to work together and you know that's how we started yeah, kind of formed organically yep yes. yeah which is what happens a lot in yeah. animal welfare yeah we we're a small rescue but like as we always joke around we we're like small small but mighty yeah yes <laughs> so many of us small but mighty organizations yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. well what yeah. you're doing is so important because we know there are so many cats feral cats owned cats somewhere in between on mm -hmm. the streets of houston and they are not doing well out there. Mm -hmm. They're suffering. And so, you know, like you said, we need to reduce the populations drastically mm -hmm. in the city. But um, also we need to take care of the ones that are out there. Yes. That's, that's correct. That's, yeah. That's and that's goal. that's part of the reason that we started doing the transport just because unfortunately, like you can get cats adopted here, but then they somehow like sometimes they end up in the street again. So yeah. we... Uh, when I was volunteering in 2018 at Bark, uh, that's kind of how I started in rescue. Uh, we, my wife and I, Pam, started working on the youth list, and then we just saw like the overwhelming need of helping animals from, especially yeah. from Bark. Mm -hmm. And so we started looking for some partnerships in Minnesota. And so we, when we were with uh, best friends, we uh, did like a full year of transports with uh, dogs and cats and just uh by the end of 20, 2019 we kind of like work with uh, team feral more but uh yeah i mean it just the need that we have here mm -hmm. is just it's ridiculous mm -hmm. so great i know so now you just do feral cats is that or just cats i'm sorry just, we just, just do cats mm -hmm. um so i think carlos and i both have a, a similar story like we started in rescue in general and we did both dogs and cats but then as we saw the need with cats being so great because yeah. there's less cat focused organizations cats yeah. tend to get a little less attention mm -hmm. um i think we all kind of that's yeah. we gravitated sure. to where the need was greatest um and so team feral focuses on our, our biggest effort this year i believe is our TNR, which is the trap due to return mm -hmm. of the community cats. And I use the term community cats. You said kind of there's the strays and the friendly strays to the completely feral cats mm -hmm. that are in the community. And our pet population is so out of control over here that we're never going to adopt our way out of this. Right, right. We have to get boots in the ground and intervene before these kittens are born. And we have to take care of the feral cats and getting them fixed. And we have to take care of those community cats as well as we're focusing on those adoptions and getting them transported out of Houston. There's just not enough 
homes. There's just not enough people to take right. care of the animals here. So for people that don't know what TNR is, can you explain that? Because some of our listeners might not know what TNR stands for. Certainly. So TNR is like trap uh, neuter release. Mm -hmm. And basically what it means is that some of these cats might not be like completely friendly. So you are not going to be able to adopt them out or uh, and so it, essentially what happens is that uh, the more, I'm just gonna explain it with our, how I, we, we started doing like cat rescue in Houston. So my wife and I moved into an apartment. So we moved in and this was in 2014. There was three kittens that were roaming on the street. And so someone said, oh, let's just feed them. And they started feeding them. So all of a sudden, like a year later, there was 10. And then the next year there was like 16 cats. So my wife and I were feeding these cats. And so it got to a point where we were like, we we're like actually feeding more animals in our, in our balcony than the animals that we actually have. Mm -hmm. So we needed to do something. And that's how we started some doing research about TNR. And so it, basically what it means is like, either you take them to shelters or to rescue organizations or to any bed that can uh, spay and neuter. And then you keep the cat overnight for just to do the recovery after they do the surgery and then just put them back. And so a lot of people um, think it's a better solution to trap the cats and place them somewhere else. But then there's many studies that they have done, they have done uh, many organizations that they call the vacuum effect. So if let's say you take these 10 cats out of your community and then you place them somewhere else and you just kind of got rid of the problem, the matter of fact is going to more cats are going to come in. Mm -hmm. And so it's better to have those uh, cats spay and neuter, return them to the colony. They are aware of where to find the food sources. And so they are going to prevent from other cats coming mm -hmm. into the colony. So that way you like stabilize those communities. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I've heard that, too, that um, they have kind of like their cliques or their tribes. And lots of times you can't introduce some they don't sometimes don't even accept new tribe members and they have their like kind of set populations and um, it's hard to, to mix them. Mm -hmm. um, there was a gentleman that was a wildlife um, uh, biologist that came into our neighborhood and he was um, working with um, some stray wild animals. And he told me that he said, you can't just you, you think you can just drop them anywhere and they'll integrate and they don't. Yeah, mm -hmm. they have to go back to where <clears throat> where you found mm -hmm. them. Also, some of those cats have, like you, were feeding them. So they kind of become dependent on that. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of half stray, feral, half not. And yeah. so you you give them that and then you put them in another neighborhood. All of a sudden, they don't know their way around. So it's, I think it's very, if you're going to release them back, it's very important to release them exactly where you got them. Yes, and not just in the zip code. Not just no. the zip, zip code. Yeah. No, yeah. we know some groups. We need to, the cats need to go back to exactly, exactly. where they were trapped because yeah. they, like you said, they do become dependent on their feeders. Yes. And that also maintains the idea of what we're thinking of in the area of the population yeah. stability. Um, and so we won't have other cats come in as long as we're putting those there. How do you think the cats are doing? You know, they are a domesticated animal, just like dogs are. We mm -hmm. had a wildlife biologist a couple weeks ago, um, or a wildlife person. And, you know, wildlife is so different. I think we categorize things as wildlife and mm -hmm. then, uh, what's that farming term? Agricultural. Agricultural. Can we edit that, please? So you have wildlife, agricultural, and then, and then the domesticated animals. Mm -hmm. And cats are considered domesticated, how are they doing on the streets, even if they are feral? 
I think it varies dramatically. Yes. I especially mean, here in Houston. Because uh, just from the shelter, like working at dark or like volunteering at dark, you can see cats that they tend to be marked as stressed. And then you see them, like you see the plea come, that comes out and say, like, it might do well in the house. It might not do well in the house. So many times um, whenever we have taken cats uh, to foster, we realize that, yeah, like they just they're like very stressed and they after a few days they settle down and then their personality starts coming out and we have seen the other way where they are just like climb climb up the walls like feral cats and so i think it's a matter that's that's why it was so important for us to have like those adoption outcomes because as carrie mentioned that whenever we are doing tnr there's many times that we find those friendly cats that it's kind of we don't want to put them back on the street if they don't have to, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the feral cats that, as, even if you wanted to acclimate mm-hmm. them or to bring mm-hmm. them into a home, like it's just There's not. No way. There's, yeah. yeah, and I mean, the cats face so many challenges on, <clears throat> sorry, on the streets of Houston. I mean, we're dealing with. Um, I can't tell you how many times I get a day of post or posts a day about our messages regarding this cat was attacked by a dog. Yeah, and we all know that the homeless pet population is both cats and dogs. Right, it is worse we think with cats we say like for every stray dog you see expect 15 cats in that condition uh, because cats hide they aren't yeah. out running the streets right. people aren't necessarily afraid of them right um but you know they ch- they face the same challenges starvation people hurting them cars being attacked by other animals yeah. being attacked by wildlife things like that and disease yes disease. injuries mm-hmm. very shot. much so yes and when that's a very good point and it seems odd to say being shot but we have a, I have a huge passion, and so does Team Farrell with the outreach events. And that kind of starts with our TNR. But some of the more rural communities surrounding Houston don't have the resources that we have. They don't have those spay-neuter events. They don't have shelters that where there are places for cats to go. Right. Um, I'm thinking of one specific county north of here that doesn't have a place to take cats. Right. Wow. And they literally are just left on the street to die. So it's just these horrible things can happen. And you say being shot. And we've had so many of these animals come in because somebody couldn't take the animal where it could go and they are injured and hurt like yeah. that. Right. Yes. I know. We both have dogs that have buckshot in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it, right? I can't believe the number of dogs that we pick up on the streets or that we know of. And once you take them in for x-rays, they're filled with buckshot. I mean, yeah. and that's in the city where yes. we find them. So this is not just happening in rural communities. That's true. It's happening. Houston is, you know, the topography here contributes so much mm-hmm. to this stray crisis that we have for dogs and cats. Yes. Because A, the animals can hide in these little rural pockets. But B, people get away with a lot. If you if you shoot a gun in downtown, if you shoot a dog in downtown San Fran or downtown New York's you can people are going to know mm-hmm. about it, but you yeah. do it here in Houston with all these. It's kind of commonplace, I think, for yes. people to hear gunshots. Unfortunately, so mm-hmm. um, it also speaks to how people feel about the animals, mm-hmm. and you know, it doesn't mean that they necessarily hate the animals, but they could be afraid. They could be afraid for their children. They could be sick of it. You know, they're not like squirrels. They are. They're they're 
domesticated animals and I'm not excusing them. I'm just saying if we had fewer animals on the streets, we would have fewer animals being shot right. at because people yes. are just tired of it and they're tired of being afraid of the animals. And um, it's something our city has to address at some point, our, our city leaders, I should say. There's a lot of city and county people doing a lot and nonprofits, but it's something our, our leaders need to take um, stock of because it mm -hmm. is a quality of life issue, yes. as you well know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you guys are doing TNR events. Um, how often do you do those and how many um, do you do you do in like a day or a weekend or? So we just started uh, this year to do it like more like uh, I'm going to call it like bulk, like those mm -hmm. bigger events. Uh, before we were doing like, uh, if someone will reach out and say, hey, I have this cat that I want to bring to, of course, we will like sponsor that. But now mm -hmm. we're trying to be like more targeted and trying to do those events. So we started, I think, um, so we are doing them every month. And so we are partnering with uh, Houston Spay and Neuter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I believe the first one we did like 60 something. Mm -hmm. And that was like, so the the next one that we're gonna have this Sunday is the sixth the sixth one, mm -hmm. and that one um, we're targeting like again like ninety a hundred. Right. Uh -huh. So the last day, one we right. did, yeah. In a day. And I want to wave our flag a little bit. I think Houston Pet Set has partnered with yes. you, yes. too, right? You guys have made us yes. made this entirely possible. <laughs> oh, I cannot tell I, you. I wasn't looking for that. No, but, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, no. We are so so grateful, what, grateful, thankful. But the impact we are having right now and once a month bringing in 60 was our lowest day um, yes. and our most recent event. Getting that many spay neuters in a day is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. it's overwhelming in the impact that we can make in the pet population. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we have trappers from all over areas that don't have these services as well. And it's, it's amazing. Well, yeah. where do when the cats, you, oh, go oh, 60 cats can yeah. produce millions. Yes. Oh, no, yes. If not tens of cat, you know, the, that number of growth exponentially is almost hard to get your mind around. So yep. 60 cats mm -hmm. sounds like a lot, especially when you're thinking of surgeries, 60 surgeries in a day is a lot. But when you think of what you're stopping and what you're preventing mm -hmm. from happening mm -hmm. on the streets is it's really great work. So kudos yeah. to you. No, and I really want to call out like everybody, just like Harry yeah. was mentioning, just because we are, it says Team Feral is doing the, the event. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we are doing it by ourselves, like you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Houston Pet Set, Pet Set is contributing, mm -hmm. Houston Spay Knitter is contributing, yes. volunteering from the clinic, mm -hmm. all the trappers, yes. um, yeah. all the volunteers that are there just like, you know, like constantly rotating cats for surgery and prepping them, mm -hmm. making sure they are fine. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think with everything in Houston, like with all, any of the rescue organizations, it really takes a, lot, a village mm -hmm. and a, yeah. a it's whole the, And effort. working together yes. makes yeah. us so more efficient. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's a lot of work. If anybody, if someone has not ever trapped a cat, I have. It is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it took me a whole day yep. because I. It's just it's it's and so, I'm glad that you point out the people that kind of the nameless, people that maybe don't get recognized that, do the trapping that care for mm -hmm. the pets that bring them in, pick them up, then care for their. Um, recovery Recovered. and then release them. That is not a simple job. And no. when you multiply no. that by 60, 90, hundreds, you know, thousands in a year, thank God for these tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of volunteers that care for Houston's stray 
dog and cat populations, bless them, all yes. of them. Yes. So, and thanks to you for bringing everybody yes. together. Yeah. I mean, this is a really cool program, you guys. Really cool. Thank you. Yeah, like it's, uh, I mean, it, 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 I think, uh, like we said before, we're like small but mighty. And uh -huh. even with the transport, it's the same thing. Like you can think of, oh, we're transporting, I don't know, like 50 cats or whatever. But yeah. it, it really takes a lot of um, help just for sending those cats to either getting people to foster, getting people to help us to do the uh, the bedding, uh, the, the actual transport partners mm -hmm. up north. Uh, so that's one of the things that I realized when I was working with, I guess my, my motive's always been like, you know, work with any organization because uh, I just don't see that one organization or, or one shelter is gonna make the difference. Yeah. It really comes down to people working together mm -hmm. and just sometimes trying not to get in too much involved into the, you know, I want to do it this way. I think this is the right way. Right. I think at the end of the day, we our mission is to say, save as many animals as we can. Yeah, for sure. Again, this mm -hmm. is Conversations for the Animals. We're here with Team Farrell, Carrie and Carlos, Tina Faust, Tama. <laughs> and so thank you guys for um, educating us on what you do, what Team Feral means, uh, what TNR means, and how it's so important in our community. So, um, uh, what do you see as the future for the stray population of cats in Houston? I would like to see. Oh, that's such a big question. <laughs> it is. Yes. I mean, one thing, and I believe you guys already mentioned it, was we need some intervention and support from the top down. Yeah. We need some critical changes as far as policies in our community, availability of services for people. Um, because even if someone wants to help a cat right now, whether it's a stray or a feral, they do not necessarily have something to do that in the immediate moment, especially if it's someone that's not familiar with our rescue community. Yeah. I would love to see more TNR programs, more accessibility for the public, more resources available and more education available. Yes. Um, so that we can reduce those, the stray population. We're going to have feral cats, but we can make their lives better. We can yeah. make sure they're spayed and neutered and vaccinated. Um, and I would just <laughs> love to see the spay, neuter and education happen across and the board. Fewer of them, yes. And, yes. and we believe like you do, that it's, it's the responsibility of a city or a county. If you're going mm -hmm. to have this entity, it's like taking out the trash or, you know, yes. removing the, the rubbish and and filling potholes it's just part of running a city and a county so we have to we have to work on that and, and we all, we know that we all are by speaking out about it mm -hmm. how busy are you if i were to call you today and say i've got a cat and and it's not doing that well and it's in my backyard and i can't let my dogs out and so this is a real hindrance to me i've called both shelters nobody picked up um can you come out how What's your, be honest, you know, because we're just, we're, we're talking about how yes. the nonprofits are, are overwhelmed. We are, and we're in the middle of kitten season. Yeah. I don't know if everybody's going to know what that is, but this is the time of year when all the babies are being born and the babies are having babies even. Um, it's exploding, uh, the cat population. So we are in the midst of kitten season. You know, the, we see the youth lists that come through. Um, we do not have a system in place where we can send a trapper out. Now we will try to connect somebody with services. We will try to say, okay, we might, where are you located? Um, we may have a trapper here, or we may try to help if, if it's you, I may try to help you, um, locate a trap, teach you how to trap. Um, because if where there's that one cat, there's, there might be another cat. Where do you get a trap? 
Uh, you can order them online. Mm -hmm. um, I know some organizations have them available for rent. Yeah. Um, um, like, for example, Texas TLC on the mm -hmm. Texas Litter Control mm -hmm. on the north side. Oh. Um, they can actually land traps or oh, they can. Yes. Um, they ask for like a little deposit that you mm -hmm. can get back when you get return so the trap. Mm -hmm. um, like Harry said, you can get them online. I think. I think they're like fifty dollars or something yes. like that. So um, get a trap, and, and these then... are these are humane traps. Yeah. They it's yeah. not like um, we use the ones that have that very soft clothes. Mm -hmm. No animals are getting hurt. Yeah. I, I do want to add that <laughs> as well. Yeah. Of course, yes. Right. Um, but but uh, and if you reach out to a rescue group, I'm sure someone is associated and can help you connect with somebody who has a trap. Especially if... But it, once I get it in the trap, then what do I do? So I've got this little kitty in a trap. Now I can let my dogs out in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Then where do I take it? Um, if we're going for TNR, um, we would have you either come up, go to TLC where we have an account, or we would cover that spay neuter to get that kitty fixed. Okay. Um, if kitty is friendly, and we're not talking about a feral, yeah. that makes it a little more difficult. We need to locate a foster oh. and um, ideally fundraise for vetting because we're all in rescue and we all yeah. know that um, this time of year, especially uh, funds are yes. tight. What yeah, is the to, average cost of vetting a cat average? Um, so, I, so if you use one of the low cost clinics, uh, probably like a hundred, between a hundred and $150. Um, depends if it's a male or a female. Now, if you go to a regular bed, you're probably going to find a higher bill. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we, even though we we like to help people, um, it's just like we were saying before, like as a rescue organization, we cannot do this by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we, whenever, when someone reaches out to us and asks for help, we, we try to partner with them and say, if you can help cover some of that bedding, we can probably, mm -hmm. it's going to be easier to help. If you can foster for... A week for a few weeks or months, you can probably help you. Um, so we can probably find like an, a plan. So it's not like you're gonna be stuck with the cat for like months and you don't have any solutions. But uh, so we're trying to, you know, like with these all these finders to yeah. to partner with them and say, you know, we if we can if you can help us with part of the bedding, if you can help us to foster, we can probably help you faster. Yeah. If you want just to kind of drop off the cat to us, then the queue is longer. It's gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna be that day. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. And so that was what I was trying to get yeah. to too. It's not. You find a cat today or a dog. Mm -hmm. What do you do with it? You know, we're in this industry. We struggle. What do yes. we do with it? We don't have that mm -hmm. resource where other cities I've lived. I. You can take it to the shelter. Yeah. We yeah. don't have that availability have that. right now. I know. It's, and it's hard. It's hard for people to tell them like, oh, hold on to that cat for me for two weeks. Yeah. And I'm saying I've got a pit bull and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not that he wouldn't be friendly with it, but I sure would hate to try that out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah, yes. it's difficult. Plus, you don't know the diseases when these cats are on the streets. Mm -hmm. They're probably not being vetted. They probably don't have their shots. Um, yes. it, when you pick them up and, um, and spay or neuter them, do you do they get shots? Then? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We give them their vaccinations. We typically uh, put you a few medication rabies. on them. Yeah. Um, we, we do our best at least to scoot them out the door with, with, with <laughs> the good thing. Yeah. Um, so good. But like if you do find a cat and um, you do have the ability to hang on to it, or and I assume this is very similar with dogs, um, you know, cats especially, all you need is a bathroom or a closet um, and just stick kitty in there until we can find a solution. Uh, cats, like dogs, you would put them through the same quarantine period. If I took a dog off the street, 
I'm not going to put it with my my pet dog mm-hmm. um, for two weeks at least until I can see if anything is going to pop and we have a vet visit. Right. Um, same thing with the cat. I would just say if you find one and you can hold it, a bathroom, a closet, anything like that, just stick it in there for the and it's a two week quarantine. And we really want to do that to make sure any animal in the house is safe and protected mm-hmm. from any possible diseases. Yes. Yep. And adults too. Makes sense. Yes. Um, backing up just a little bit, we were talking about, you know, this being um, us needing help from the governments mm-hmm. and something came to mind, like also people need to le- get their pets inside. You know, if that's kind of low hanging fruit, because mm-hmm. we had talked about years ago that if we were to go around and pick up all the dogs and the cats on the streets right now, we would wind up in this same position in a few years yeah. because people need to stop letting their cats roam. They need to stop letting their dogs roam. I mean, mm-hmm. they're hurting each other. Mm-hmm. They're breeding exponentially. And so that feels like the low hanging fruit in our community. Get. And when you go out into neighborhoods, do you talk to people? Do you recommend that they, you know, take better care of their pets? And how is that received? I would say, uh, we do when we talk to people that reach out, especially when people like reach out and say, like, I find this cat or I have this cat. that uh, I need shots or help to get bedding. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think that's probably the number thing that we say, like, if you're going to have a cat, just, it has to be indoors. Yeah. Like, you just, yes. There is no there's no reason to have that cat roam outside. And mm-hmm. even if when people say, oh, it's just because they he likes to go outside. Uh, when I moved to, when we moved to our house, we we had a one f- feral stray cat that we brought with us, and it really took him maybe like two three weeks to acclimate itself. Mm-hmm. So he's now a totally indoor cat. So it's not a matter of like oh like they just need to get re- used to the routine mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But um, you know, as you mentioned, I think one of the main things that we really need in Houston is education on yes. how to treat animals. They have to be indoors. They have to be, uh, you know, like uh, properly bedded. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's it's a holistic view. I, I I do believe that yeah, we do need some some support from the government, yeah. but also it needs to be also from the from the from the ground up, yes, you know, like yep. especially with schools or with kids, not to harm animals, mm-hmm. not to, you know, take advantage of dogs or cats in the street. And yeah, I think it's, there is no way that we're going to get our way out, adopting out, transporting out. It really has to be a change in mentality. Yeah, yes. change yes. of the culture. So, right. Yeah. From, and that goes from the, from mm-hmm. the bottom up and the top down. Yeah. We've got we've got leaders who aren't believing that this is a problem or looking at it like it's part of the responsibility of running a city. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, it's mm-hmm. definitely an issue. Yeah, and it's it's just like with everything, right? Like it's a it's a system. Like you see, like you mentioned, like you see dogs running on the street, so that becomes a danger to people living on the street. But yeah. then, I mean. I think it's people get overwhelmed by the problem, but then like I think we just need to start. The government on the t- on the side probably should just you know re- if they are not the experts, then reach out to the experts, which yeah, are all these exactly. rescue organizations, right. and mm-hmm. take some of that insight and knowledge that they have, yeah. and on the and try to you know disseminate that knowledge, creating like yes. programs, creating yeah. like uh, campaigns or we need citywide campaigns. Yeah. You know, we're you guys aren't as old as we are, but 
um, in the early 70s, there was a no littering campaign and it showed a, um, a gentleman alongside the road and somebody threw out trash and it hit his feet and he was just standing there crying. And uh, it was, it changed like, uh, I'm, was how many years ago and I still remember it stayed with me and it was an anti-littering campaign keep America beautiful and so we need those those national campaigns mm -hmm. we need them regionally because we know it's far worse in the south than the north but yes. yeah it's we've got to change the way people think and care about their yeah. animals and, and, then the and then follow up with the resources yes. because right. we know there are so many people who want to mm -hmm. spay and neuter their animals. When we um, put word on Facebook about the uh, mobile unit, we got six over 6,000 requests yes. in three weeks. Over 6,000 people, and that we didn't even advertise. That was just yeah. Facebook alone. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's also some low-hanging fruit where people want this. They just want it affordable, and they want it in their neighborhoods because mm -hmm. they can't drive 50 miles to get this done and wait for four hours. They yes. don't. It's not, not everybody possible. in Houston has reliable right. transportation exactly. like that. Exactly. Yes. Yep. When is your next um, tea or your next spay neuter day? This weekend. This weekend, Sunday. Okay. Uh, what is it? The third. Sure. The, no, fifth? the fifth. The Sorry. fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Six five. Yeah. Great. And how many animals are lined up to be spayed and neutered that day? I had to check the list, but we are targeting like ninety, a hundred. Congratulations! Again. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yay! That's really yes. great. And where do you do these events? Uh, a Houston spay and neuter. Mm -hmm. They are in the Heights area, twelve twenty twenty third Street. Wow! So you just take over the clinic for the day and mm -hmm. bring yes. everybody. Doctor Hannah comes in special for us, wow. and yes. we take over the clinic, and all the volunteers come in. It's a huge, yeah. huge team effort. Yeah, yeah some of some of your <laughs> some of your employees were there on the last one, and oh. they got to see firsthand like the whole coordination and congratulations about it. Yes, yeah. If somebody wanted to donate to what you do, where would they do that? your website uh yeah so on our website we have uh, a link tree so we you can do like paypal sell mm -hmm. amazon chewy um what's your web address uh w org. so www.teamferral.org yeah. okay great uh yeah and we can give you the details sure. if you're posting that yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about or add no, I think uh, overall, I think you, what you mentioned before, I think it's more on the education. There's a lot of people out there that they do want to do the right thing, mm -hmm. but they just don't know how. Uh, right. Again, I put myself in the example. When I moved to Houston, I just didn't have no idea. I was not involved in rescue yeah. or anything like that. So I didn't even know how to, where, where Bark was or anything like that. So I think the more that we disseminate that information, you create those campaigns on right. what to do, on how to treat your animals, how to keep them inside, and all, all these low-cost opportunities. Uh, that's probably at least the first thing that I, it comes to my mind to try to get like real change. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's amazing how many people in rescue came from somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> you get here and you're like, oh my God, this <laughs> is a mess. <laughs> I have to do something. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you guys thank so you. much. Thank you for being thank here. You. Thank you for having us. Yes. Yeah. Carlos. Thank you for what you do for yeah. our community. Thank you for helping us yeah. do it. <laughs> we love to partner on that spay yeah. neuter all day, every day. Yes. Yes. Team Feral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>